0: Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bethany Walmack.
1: Hey, Charlie. Thank you all for coming here today, listening to us. Thanks for choosing us again. We always love being back with you every Monday. Please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review that helps us show up in podcast platforms and helps more listeners like yourself find the show.
0: Before we get to
1: our normal outline,
0: I wanted to talk to you a little bit and remind you that the digital edition of Empowering Pumps and Equipment is now live where you can see it. So if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, you can head over to the website, empoweringpumps.com and see our digital edition. You'll want to check it out because, well, I guess, listen to the episode with Sienna and I, where we go through and talk to you about what a cool issue it is.
1: I'm so excited about this episode. I know that Siana and the team put in a ton of work to making this issue really cool since it's digital. And it's more than just, you know, a PDF of what would have been a print magazine. It's cool. It's got video messages, which I just think is awesome. And I'm really excited. And listening to Siana's special episode of the podcast made me even more excited to go and check it out today.
0: Yeah, I think to note that all the different videos throughout the magazine is what it just really does stand out. It, We had both our sponsors and and companies that we represent in the magazine, but also our end users and operators sharing messages, too. So that was really neat to to kind of have those two worlds adding a little extra to this issue. So let us know what you think.
1: It's going to make me sound like a super nerd, but it makes me think of Harry Potter, like all the pictures are going to come to life in this print magazine that I'm getting. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, so this week on the podcast, like, Every week, we're going to cover social media updates, preview the news from the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter, and connect you with an industry influencer. But first, Charlie, how was your week this week? I had a great week.
0: It was the week where we get to have our meetups and see everybody's faces. I've been, you know, on these meetups with a lot of different marketers and things. But this week, we had our subscriber base on there sharing that they received the notice through our newsletter through our website. And join the meetup. So that was pretty fun. Some people that I haven't seen in years were on there. I got to see them with today's face-to-face uh, on the virtual. So the other thing I wanted to share with y'all this week is I took a break on Sunday and went on a hike with my family. And we went on a search for waterfalls. I've always wanted to swim with waterfalls or play in the waterfalls. So we we constantly do that. But this one was special. First of all, the water is super cold. And my entire family was there, and my daughter, who's nine, she decides she's going swimming no matter what. And of course, I couldn't let her be in the water by herself.
1: Of course, Carly was jumping in, no she questions first, right? So you know,
0: we've got two girls outshining these three boys there. But as soon as we got in the water, they jumped in. So there we are, swimming in this waterfall, freezing cold water, and it's at the bottom of this canyon. So the so the waterfall is coming. I don't know how to describe this the best way, but a huge waterfall. We're at the bottom uh, looking up into this canyon and it was the most beautiful experience. Just something that I'll always remember the feeling and the way that that looked. But uh, the funny part about it was, It turns out I'm not as strong as I needed to be to get to the waterfall because it was so powerful. We couldn't really get close to it, Uh, but it was super fun. And, and yeah, that was, that was the highlight of my week was getting to swim in that, in that cold water with my daughter and look up in the sky, the blue sky, uh, thankful for the blue sky a lot these days. So it was a good time. Your story
1: makes me feel like my week wasn't fun, but (laughs) (laughs) okay, I'll live vicariously through you. So what did you do? My big win for this week is that things are just moving along with the house selling and buying situation both the houses our house that we're selling and the house that we're buying we're out of the option period so basically we're just here waiting for closing day and well i can't wait for that because i want to come and visit I know. I, well, I can't wait for it, one because then I get to be isolated in a different house. And if I'm going to be spending all this time in a house, I feel like at least I could be productive setting up a new house, you know? Well, I'm sure it'll look great by the time I get over there. So I'm really excited. So that was my win for the week. My Oh, my other thing is, you know, how I was talking about how I teach my son to do something fun every week. Well, I, this week, have taught him to tell people that I am 24 years old, if they yes. ever ask. <laughs> why did I ever think of that? That's great. Mark says to me, "Well, that's going to it's going to date get dated really quick when he's, you know, 15 years old telling people that you're 24." And I was like, "No, he's going to every year on my birthday, he's going to be like, "Oh, now you're 25. Oh, now you're 26." I'm like, "I'm just starting young, you know, backing it up a few years." Okay. Now that's smart. So we used to use 32. My mom's been
0: 32 for all these years, but when I've turned 32, it was like, "Oh, this is this is weird."
1: <laughs> so you've got the right plan there, Bethany. That's awesome. Well, now that I've told you all my secrets and how old I am, 24, I think it's time we just move into the next section. What do you say? Yeah, let's get social. This is the segment where we fill you in on a new trend or tip or something happening in the industry or in social media. And this week, I want to start out this section with shout outs. So this week's shout
0: out is Devshan Michael a sales and service manager at John Crane. He was actually on our call, our meetup this week, and he's from New Zealand. So hey, you Kiwis, uh, shout out there. And he was Did just... he like
1: being called Kiwis or no? Oh, Did I, I don't know. You
0: up? tell us, you tell us, I don't know. He was so great on the call. He was smiling the whole time. He had such great, insightful an- answers. When you find out that, you know, he's in ceiling right now, but he's a pump guy. So it was really fun to meet him and add him to our network. And he's already being super responsive to our messages, which we love. And so, yeah, shout out to you.
1: I did. I added him on LinkedIn during the call. And he was great. And it's just really fun to connect with people in different countries right now and find out what's going on with them. And I look forward to getting to know him more.
0: Yeah. And I invite him to the podcast, Bethany. I don't know if you wanted to share that. But you know, immediately when somebody is engaged in sharing some credible information then we want to invite them on here. And so we did and he accepted. So stay tuned for a episode with him.
1: Yeah, that's awesome because Charlie and I were like, this this guy, he has to be in because he's he's so checked in and so just happy. It's just that energy that people have about their job. Those are the the kind of people that we love to bring to you on this podcast. Do you have any shout outs, Bethany? My shout out, I was looking through Instagram before recording and Shannon Bumgarner shared on LinkedIn that today is Society of Women Engineers 70th anniversary. That's amazing. i of. That's a great organization. Yeah, they had a cool little video that had a picture from their first meeting where more than 60 women gathered at Camp Green in New Jersey for the first meeting in May of 1950. And, you know, they've done so many things over the last seven decades and continue to do so to just highlight, celebrate, advocate for women engineers. And I just, I think it's really cool. And I just wanted to highlight them and say, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Keep doing what you're doing. Happy anniversary, indeed.
0: And thank you for inspiring us. Makes me feel like as we start to go into this season of empowering women, you know, they're definitely role models we can look to. So, And I've I've met the leaders there, too, and they are amazing. So super, super excited for them. So we're going to reach out to them and tag them in our shout outs. But, you know, make sure that you also engage with us online so you can reach us if you tag us on social media at empowering pumps, or you can use the hashtag empowering industry podcast. And so if you'll shout us out, we'll mention you on the next episode.
1: This week, we want to talk about virtual events. We're about to head into the busy trade show season for our industry. And like so many people, we don't exactly know what that's going to look like for a lot of the events this year. And so we wanted to talk about what virtual events could look like, what you can do if you're an event organizer, and then how you can get the most out of them if you're an event attendee to one of these virtual events.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we are taking on that challenge of a virtual event right now. And I've just announced that we are going to change the Empowering Women 2020 event to a live event. It will be an event where we use the tools where we can both record, pre-record videos and also live stream.
1: So Charlie's going to be at this event, hyping us all up. She's going to have a live recording to talk to all all of us that day. And then we're also going to have where you can go in and listen to our speakers and our sessions that would normally be at an in-person event. It's just going to be virtual now.
0: Yeah. And it was a challenge to know. You talked about, you know, what does trade show life look like? And I am all about getting back to a trade show where I get to walk around and see uh, the people in our industry and meet them face to face. But in the meantime, I think that we need to make sure that we are connecting with our audience, educating them and helping them understand what to do next and also inspire them to continue to better themselves every day. One way that we're doing that is we're taking on the challenge to have a virtual event in August. And we wanted we moved up the event from October to August so that we could help you. We can go through this process. We can learn from it. I don't think virtual events and training events are gonna go away. We've all been using some type of virtual event already. And so one of the things that I'm super excited about is this tool, which is an app called Hoova, And I actually used this when we were at Energy 2.0 and when I used it, I was like, this is amazing. I can look up people, see who's here. I can pick the sessions that I want to join. I can see who's also interested in that topic. And so, as organizers, it has a lot of capabilities to where we can set up both a virtual live stream and then also a pre recorded video. And other things that we can do is have panel discussions where You know, a lot of attendees can come into the room and we can have a discussion there and have different things like separate tracks, which we were excited to have the ability because we were debating doing that for the October event, but couldn't quite figure out how to do that in a one day event. The other thing is the chat rooms that attendees can use. They're going to be able to ask questions. They're going to be able to connect with people, share interests. I mean, one of my favorite things was getting to know who else liked photography and hiking when I was at Energy 2.0. And, and you're just connected with people instantly. And, and as easy as sharing a topic or a uh, discussion point. So I tried to go all in uh, when I was there uh and and saw that it was a useful tool.
1: Um, But there was
0: so much more that I could do. What did
1: you think, Bethany? This is one of the big reasons I wanted to talk about this in this segment before we really get into trade show season, because I wanted to share my experience as a user of this at this event my big thing was like, I thought it was really cool. And it's neat that I could plan my schedule. But I was like, I don't really need to be on the chat rooms for the groups, you know, or I don't need to, I can just, I can just go and listen. And I don't have to interact a ton. And I've always, I think it's just my personality. You know, I'm always kind of like, Oh, I'm so cool. I don't really need this or whatever, which is a, a fault that I'm trying to correct in myself. And so from that, I think just like anything in life, you really get out of it what you put in. And so I just really want to encourage people to just go for it. We our event isn't going to be an in-person. You're not going to have a happy hour where you get to talk to people. You're not going to be able to mingle during lunch in person. And so instead we have these tools, these technology tools that we can use to help connect with people. And this app is a really cool way to do it. And other events, you know, might not use a specific app, but might use some version of it that you can connect with other people, and I just want to encourage you to just to just go in for it. And so, one of the things that I'm going to do ahead of empowering women, and then ahead of other virtual events that we'll attend, is that I'm going to you know make a list of my goals that I want to meet for the event. So that I want to meet five new people. That I can talk to about the industry or, or whatever it is, you know, and add those people on LinkedIn, chat with them through the virtual chat room and really make sure that I am benefiting my company as best I can with their investment of sending me to these events and then benefiting me in my personal career as well.
0: So you talked about being cool, Bethany, and you super, you are <laughs> cool. And one of the things that you did in the app that I didn't do in when in Houston was you played the game. So you were like, okay, let me, let me check out this game over here. So there's like <laughs> things you can win. So Bethany's got a competitive streak in her. Anyway, I, I think the other thing to point out is that make sure that when you go in, that you fill out your profile completely. I think that you need to just... As you register, you you kind of put your name and email address. But if you fill out, you know, your interest and, and connect with people, then you're just gonna open you up to a whole new world.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. And I think, you know, working from home and doing these events from home is sometimes easy to let yourself be pulled in multiple directions. My kid is in the next room crying, so I'm gonna go take care of them and then come back to the event. And yes, you can come back to the video, but I think just really it's part of self-care, you know, giving yourself this time, you know, make other arrangements for your kids or whatever else needs to be done and just set aside this time to say like, Hey, I'm going to commit this time to bettering myself.
0: We did make it a Saturday. We did it. We made it a Saturday so we could hopefully bring in a, the group of people that, you know, have Saturdays off. Uh, and then also plan a time, like to plan time in the day that is for you, especially look through the agenda and see, like, okay, what, what is really what i want to see what do you think that you need to learn and make sure that you're there now i want you there of course being as like, when i'm talking and we're live right like <laughs> let's go come in but like bethany says i'm there to kind of energize you and keep you engaged but the other thing is you know make sure that you get the tools that you need while you're there
1: so for the empowering women event information will be coming out later this month about registration and you can find that information by following our empowering women accounts on social media, which we'll have the links in the show notes for you when signing up for the email list for that. And then, you know, outside of empowering women, just make sure that your trade shows that you're scheduled to go to, you follow them, you find out what their plan is for the event this year. And then you just sign up for whatever kind of connection app or plan that they are putting in place. I know these event planners are working double time right now. Yes. Shout out to the event planners. Yes. Send somebody that you know that's an event planner a coffee because they need it right now. I promise you. They're working hard for you so you can get the benefit out of these events. And we're here to help too. If you have questions, you know, send us questions. For sure.
0: And and also invite them to our meetup. So I'm going to let you know when that is. Let's see. It is Empowering Pumps meetup is going to be Tuesday, June the 9th at 4 p.m. It's our happy hour. So feel free to bring your favorite beverage or your favorite hat or favorite face mask or dog. There was a lot of dogs on the wall last week. Yeah. No children. They're not allowed. No, I'm kidding. I totally love when the <laughs> children's pop up. Children's. When the children pop up. When the tiny humans make their yes. way onto the scene. I'm like the, uh, grinning from ear to ear. And so that brings me to the empowering women's meetup, which is on Wednesday, June the 10th at 11 a.m. We're super serious. So it's at 11 a.m. I'm kidding. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> we have a lot of fun and this is always a a great group there. So I'd love to welcome you there.
1: Into the news. So in the news, this is the section where we preview news that is coming out in the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter this week. So we're basically like you're getting the news early.
0: Dun, 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 dun. Preview.
1: Yeah, so we start every week by introducing the industry person of the week this week. This week, it's Serena Weber Bay, a marine engineer, which I'm assuming y'all planned this, but it was just Maritime Day.
0: I do believe that that's where we found her, during Maritime Day.
1: Yes. See, the power of hashtags power of hashtag. So cool. And the power of a little content planning. Thank you to our content team over there. But she's done a lot of really cool things and worked in a lot of done a lot of marine engineering and has a really cool profile. So you're going to want to make sure and check her out and then add her on your LinkedIn and your networks. Serena Weber Bay, look out for her on our website or the empowering pumps and equipment newsletter. I wanted to bring up
0: A new training that is going to be happening on June the 9th, the Fluid Sealing Association, which is one of our partners uh, that talks about fluid sealing, as you would imagine. In this time, they are putting, I think it's a series actually of webinars that they're putting on, but on June the 9th, they have one that you can register for right now. It's Flange Sealing Installation Best Practices. So the Fluid Sealing Association is always sharing the best practices. If you haven't checked out the knowledge shared video that we just did, they shared a lot there, but they also have a uh, knowledge base on their website that you can interact with and learn more. But for the webinar, make sure that you go and check it out and we can include the link there. It is on flange leakage in emission service. I don't know about you, but I don't want any type of harmful chemicals or et cetera leaking out into our environment. So they know, they can talk to you about that, talk to you about how you can better implement these sealing devices in your plants. Um, so some of the topics that they're going to discuss are flange and bolt inspection, flange conditioning, torque patterns, alignment, et cetera. So take a look at that. I think it's definitely the leader in sealing. So you want to go through them and register for their webinar.
1: The article that I wanted to highlight this week is from our contributor, Durlan Sealing Solutions, and it's titled, How Long Will a Bolted Flange Gasket Last? So the article is all about gasket blowout, and it outlines three factors that help prevent bolted flange gasket blowout, which are gasket selection, so making sure you're getting the right one, gasket quality, making sure you have the best quality, and then installation, making sure you install it right. Great article if you're involved in gasket installation. So.
0: And they are a Fluid Sealing Association member, so everything's tying in quite nicely on this episode. It's like you
1: planned this, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, She's she did. She's great. Uh, she's the content queen. That's why we have Empowering Pumps, because she connects everyone together. And you've been doing it for almost... Nine years now. Oh, it's my anniversary month. Oh, it is. Actually, in June 1st, right? Is that the day? It's
0: June the 20th is the day I became a business
1: owner. Okay. Well, we will celebrate again then in a couple of weeks on the podcast. Give Charlie a shout-out on social media. You heard it from me first. Now I want to move into the industry interview segment. We have someone special who we've already mentioned in the podcast before, but so why don't you go ahead and introduce us to her this week, Charlie? So this week's guest is Courtney Van
0: Valkenburg. She is amazing, which I told you before in a previous podcast, but the interview goes into depth about her life and she is, to let you know, she is a welder. And if you haven't looked at the Empowering Pumps and Equipment Digital Edition yet for June you should, because she's on a cover. We have several covers within the June issue and she is welding on the cover of our magazine and it is beautiful. So that's so awesome. Yes. And so the other thing that I think is really cool about her is it's just, she's got grit, right? She's talks about how, you know, it is a tough atmosphere for girls in, in this industry. And I call her a girl cause she's younger than me. Um, so, <laughs> but she, she's also tiny and she's, she says things like, don't worry about your size. You go out there and get somebody to help you to move something. There's all types of equipment that you can use to move pipes and valves or anything that's in your way. And just don't, have don't let your size be a limitation for you. And I just thought that that was such a great point. And a lot of times I think any you know male or female, we see those obstacles in front of us and think we can't do something. And so she's just like, just remember, we have plenty of tools and plenty of helpers out there where we can do anything. And then she goes on to say, and then I'll go about 20 feet up in the air and I'll weld you know upside <laughs> down or, or whatever. So I mean she's just amazing to go from there's a lot of trials, you know she talks even about a personal health trial, that she has, that she has to overcome. And and it's, it's just a really great interview about an amazing woman in industry who is performing at the highest level.
1: That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to this interview. I think you will all enjoy it just as much as we did. So without any further delay, here's your interview.
0: Hey, Courtney, welcome to the show. Hey, Charlie. It's funny, uh, just falling in love with you almost immediately. I think, what what did you do? Like, connect with me on LinkedIn or follow one of the Empowering Women in Industry pages? And I was like, oh, I've got to learn more about Courtney.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty interesting field. You know, it's pretty fun. And social media definitely helps out with connecting people, I've noticed.
0: For sure. So let's tell the uh, listeners kind of who you are and what you're up to.
2: Well, I am Courtney Van Valkenburg. I am a certified process pipe welder. I work in both the refineries here in Billings, Montana. You know, I've I've been in welding now for 10 years, and I've been in my union for four years now. So that's the local 30 union plumber pipe fitters union, so.
0: So how did you get into welding? Like, what made you take that first class?
2: Well, actually, uh, I had an ex-boyfriend in high school, and he ended up telling me I couldn't take the class. So me being stubborn and hard-headed like I am, I took the class, and I was just going to take it and goof off for a semester, and I ended up falling in love with it.
0: Yeah, so proving them wrong, left and right, and you know, falling in love with this industry, I think you know, I'll tell a quick story for myself. I went to um, Jefferson State Community College here for Manufacturing's Day one year, and they allowed us to use welding equipment. So it was to either cut or you could kind of use it, you know, not to your extent, of course, but is it called filament that you, you kind of burn onto the metal? Anyway, that's what we got to do. And it was, that was when I realized this is an art. This is like having a paintbrush in your hand and creating art. So do you feel that way?
2: Oh, most definitely. I mean, it, it, you know, and they have actually done studies that they say that, you know, women are actually better welders because we're more attentive to detail. And I do have quite a big, big array of artistic stuff that I, I like doing. And I think that kind of pushes back back into welding for me a lot when it comes to it, because you really do have to pay attention to what you're doing. And, you know, it does take kind of a finesse to get to where you want to be when you're welding.
0: Yeah, and I want to go into that certification. But first, I want to touch on something you said kind of crafty to me. So you've got different projects going on, different crafts. But then the opposite side of you is, you know, that you're going to be riding your dirt bike. So tell me a little bit
2: about that, kind of those two worlds. Yeah, well, pretty... Pretty interesting life. I kind of love, you know, I ride, I ride dirt bikes all the time. I used to do uh, enduro cross races. And then, you know, on the flip side of me, I I can be at home at seven at night, you know, crocheting in bed, making baby blankets or whatever else. And, you know, I'm always, doing, always doing house stuff. And, you know, I love remodeling. And yeah, it's just, it's definitely fun to have a bunch of different hobbies.
0: Yeah, and it proves that you don't have to fit in one category, right? Like, what does a woman mean uh, in this industry? It's not one thing. It's so many different things, and we're capable of so much. So well, I've got a couple more questions about that. But first, tell us a little bit about what it means to be a welder. How do you get certified? What does that path look like for people?
2: So there's, you know, there's quite a few different, obviously, types of welding out there. But for me, I am a certified arc welding, so stick welding welder. So certification is actually, it's called a 6G test. And it's where you take a schedule 80 pipe, which is kind of a thicker weld pipe, put it at a 45 degree angle, and it's two two inches wide. And then you have to weld it all the way, you know, you have to do your root pass, your fill, and you have to fill it all the way out. And then after that, they uh, x-ray it. So they're actually able to shoot through all the points of the pipe and see if there's any impurities or lack of fusion or anything like that. And that's how you know if you pass or not. Now for working in the refineries, if you are gonna be a pipe welder, you do have to be 6G certified. For us, it's more kind of a continuity thing. So you don't have to retake the test every year, just as long as you've welded in the last six months. And it's been UT'd or a- X-rayed. That's very cool.
0: So I think that, you know, just knowing that that critical equipment has to work, it can't blow out at the weld. And so that's amazing. I mean, I don't think people understand it. If we can just stop for a minute and say, like, this is the lady who welds the pipes in a refinery. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, so- it's amazing. So, so what do they think when uh, this girl comes up? You know, the woman in this industry. Do you feel like it's you know you're the only one there? Like, what is it like on the uh, at the site?
2: Well, definitely. You know, I, I started in refineries about seven years ago, and I've definitely noticed a big change. There are more females on the job sites. I've noticed um, when it comes to being in my union. There's only four other women welders in my union and that's it's pretty small percentage but you know walking up to the job site and stuff I've been with the same company for four years so it's not bad but you know we do get turnarounds where we get a lot of different crews that come in and you know you get the stares and the looks and stuff and it can be aggravating you know because it's you know I'm there to do my job and you know or you get people who just kind of look the other way and they don't want anything to do with you because, you know, you're a woman and you're not as strong as a man. And it, it can be discouraging at times, but it's always an uphill battle and you're always having to prove yourself. And I think that's kind of what's really pushed me in my career to go this far, just, just because of that fact that I know that there's so many people out there that men in general that, you know, are kind of rooting against me and hoping that I fail in some aspect of my job.
0: So do you feel that the women that, you know, you are close to or that work around you that they are on your team?
2: Almost definitely. Yeah. I mean, you do get, you know, women on other crews that can be a little standoffish and stuff. And I I, I get it. I understand. But the way that I look at it is if I, if a new chick comes on the job site, I'm going to go up and introduce myself, you know, and just try and be friends with her because, you know, women... We're such a small percentage that the women that are on my crew that I work with, like they're just, they're so awesome, you know, and they're always so welcoming and you can talk to them about anything. And that's the nice thing about it is you actually have a fellow female that you can communicate with and kind of express kind of what you're going through more as where with a man, they don't really understand some of the daily struggles that you go through.
0: Yeah, I was just talking on a podcast earlier today with Emily, who is a Juno Jones. She makes footwear for women in the workforce. And we were talking about that very well, thing about how exciting it is to be in a community, to find somebody like minds coming together that you could talk to. And it does. It takes a different, takes the stress off. It takes, you know, a different point of view to kind of get you into your comfort zone to share. And I think uh, that's really a great part about having these women, especially in male dominated spaces where you don't see women a lot to have your own little group that you can turn to when something comes up. So glad to hear that you have that. So, so uh, I think it's fun. The story that you told us about uh, or told me about when you, you know, kind of have to go on the job and get into the smaller spaces or tell me about going up pretty high in the air. Tell us about those kind of experiences.
2: Yeah. Um, well, with me, you know, my kind of smaller body, I I definitely get stuck in some of the worst welding spots that you could imagine. You know, I'll I'll be, you know, 15, 20 feet down in a trench and I'll have less than, you know, six inches between me and the, between the ground and the weld, you know, try, the bottom of the weld, trying to weld and, you know, getting soaked and nasty, you know, oily water and everything else. And, and then, you know, the next day I could be in the pipe rack, 20 feet up, 50 feet up, welding pipe in the pipe rack and in a harness and everything else. It's just, it's cool the diversity that my job is able to give me. Our equipment alone is just It has came so far that we are able to do stuff like this because, you know, we have man lifts and scissor lifts and everything else to get us to places that we need to be.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about something with technology, and I didn't ask you about this kind of prior to, but I've seen some equipment that welds without you being present, well, without you being the welder, like an actual rotating device that welds for you. Have you come in contact with anything like that?
2: I have not. And honestly, I would be happy if I never had to run into one of those in my career. There's been a lot of chatter about it, but at the end of the day, they're never going to be able to take over as being primary welders, just because you aren't able to get that equipment down into trenches. Like I said, you know, we're up in a pipe rack or in a tight spot. I mean, they are, they're pretty cool. I think it's called sub arc welding, I think. And it's kind of like they use like kind of like a sand. I'm not really sure how the whole process works, but it would be cool to see how it works. But I definitely don't have any desire to operate any equipment like that. I think I feel like it's cheating a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say this definitely two completely different tasks. And I was, I was just curious about that, like, because it was a much bigger equipment, something that you couldn't kind of hold in your hand, if you will, but you're, you're just going to turn upside down or backwards or or whatever to get to the spot that you need to go to. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, where, you know, whatever I've been welding upside down on my head before with my legs up in the air on the trench box. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, using the end of my harness to try and hold me up while I'm trying to weld under a pipe. I mean, there's been just so many, so many different crazy welds that I've done where you look at it and you think to yourself, that was really difficult and I hated life at the moment, but it made it so much more worth it. And I don't think that you would get that kind of gratitude if you were to use that equipment.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a testament to the challenge at hand and overcoming, you know, whatever obstacle that you have. And so I I can see that in you just in everything that you do. And I've only known you like this week. It's amazing. But I also know some people that do know you and kind of looking through it, yeah, I always call it a good stalker, right? With somebody who kind of yeah. looks <laughs> looks through our stuff for, for goodness and, and helping us, you know, achieve more, but seeing who you're connected to and, you know, really that whole group of tradeswomen is just amazing to me. And, you know, my dad worked at a tire plant when I was really young and I recently rode back by it. And I was just like, I have loved plants of all kinds, you know, since I was a little girl and I say, well, maybe I wouldn't have been an engineer, but maybe I would have been a technician or something, you know, just something in the industry, depending on, you know, what type of time or, or energy spent on learning the the skill. But but welding is something that is talent, strictly talent. And um, I'm just amazed at you. And what what is there something that you would say to somebody getting into the profession?
2: You know, I guess my main, my main thing would be whether you be male or female, you know, if you're trying to get in, I just, I always want people to realize that you don't have to go to college for this. They offer apprenticeship programs. So don't feel discouraged like because you're out of high school or you've been out of high school for 10, 15 years, if you want to start a different career and you want to get into the trades, you're more than welcome to. It it's so easy to get in now just because of the apprenticeship programs that they have available and the just the on, you know, on the job training that you can get compared to sitting in a classroom, you know, and not really getting the knowledge that you would need. It's just I I want people to realize that you don't have to go to school in order to be a tradesperson because it we are in a very short we're, we're lacking people within the next 2 years they say that we're going to need over 200,000 welders across America. I mean that's a lot of shoes that need to be filled and I want people to know that you can you can come in and we'll welcome you with open arms and you get so much training through our apprenticeship programs it's just it's absolutely amazing what they offer and you get paid you know you're not having to pay to go to school
0: yeah, I like that idea too. Pay and learn as you go. And and really getting connected with people. I was, you know, loving your story. So you are the industry person of the week and the story about how you you're working on these interesting projects and and kind of working your way up. Tell us a little bit about kind of that journey from starting as a welder, Pat Fitter, and then moving on to being certified uh, and being part of a union. Have you seen a big shift in kind of your everyday
2: work? Um, I guess not really, just because prior to being in the pipefitters union, I was in the steelworkers union. So I was still welding. I have noticed quite a bit more work when it comes to being in the pipefitters union, because we're specified to one task, you know, welding, there's welding, fitting, and then, you know, you've got everything in between that all entails that. But definitely, you know, I, I wouldn't say there's been that big of a shift, ex- just except for work-wise or workload. And, you know, starting out, it was it was really hard not to badmouth my union by any means, but there was a lot of people that were very skeptical of me when I first got sworn in. And that's understandable, but, you know, I've worked my way. You know, I've been a foreman. I've been in charge of jobs before. I mean, I have definitely proven myself time and time again. and You know, I'll I'll always have to continue doing that, no matter who I work with or how long I work with them for. It's just going to be one of those things. As being a female, you always have to prove yourself. But you know, unions definitely it it has made this journey a lot easier. Being in the union because you are a lot better protected.
0: Yeah, I like that we talk about, you know, all the different ways that you can get into the trades and all the different jobs. I mean, really, if we talk about industry across the board, right, everything from water to food to uh, energy, you know, we need these vital pieces of equipment. And, you know, there's all kinds of different jobs within that and, and definitely a great way to go. I think that when I do meet someone that has those leadership skills that's going above and beyond. You can tell by your following that you have personally that, you know, people are respecting you in the industry and looking up to you as a role model. Do you feel, do you like being a role model for that, for, for women and girls in the industry?
2: Oh, most definitely. You know, I, I, I really want women to feel that they are accepted in trades, unions, in general, I mean, no matter what trade you're in, if you're in the ironworkers, carpenters, operators, you know, you whether you're my size or, you know, you're bigger or whatever, creed, race, nothing like you guys can do it. And, you know, that's the that's the beauty of it is is we're to a point now where you can push and push and push until you get where you want to be in these unions, in the trades, just mainly because. You're still, it's kind of a caveman kind of atmosphere. I know that sounds a little weird, but when it comes to working, you know, we're still working with our hands. We're still using hand tools, you know, equipment and everything like that. It's, it's something where you can push yourself as hard as you want to push yourself in order to succeed in your job. And I want women to always remember that, that even if you're, you know, if you're my size, get get a piece of equipment, you know, ask an operator to come by and help you pick up a flange with excavator or something, you know, there's always options out there just because you're smaller or you're weaker, you know, that's what they always say women are weaker than men, but just because you may think that you're weaker, there are so many options out there. So don't be discouraged solely on the fact that you might be weaker or whatever else. You you can do it and it, you know, it just takes perseverance and and definitely a positive attitude. I I appreciate, you know, that I do have a good following. And, you know, I definitely have built up, tried my hardest to build up a pretty good, you know, respect and reputation. And it's, it's paid off. I know a lot of people know me and for good reasons. And I just want this to kind of keep going. And hopefully I can reach out to, you know, even if there's girls in high school who are thinking to themselves like, Well, I don't know, this might be kinda cool, but they got a boyfriend that's telling them no, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I, I
0: think that you do, you're you doing that and you also make it look cool, right? And you, you, you're you a real person. You've got all these different things that you do. You're not saying this is the only way that you can see me. And I think that that's exactly what we need to do. So women of all types, they will feel like this is for them no matter what. And I, I think you do a great job of that. I want to thank you for for being on here. And, you know, is there anything else kind of on your heart you wanted to tell our listeners?
2: You know, another thing going back to women, I guess I'll just kind of go hit on that briefly. You know, I've had endometriosis, which is, you know, affects your uterus. And there are, you can always push forward when it comes to stuff like that. So if you do have a disorder or a disease or something that you think is holding you back, there's, you can totally 100% keep working and do, you know, everything that you think that you can do. Because at the end of the day, it definitely does make you feel stronger and more badass of a woman to be able to be able to fight through the pain and everything else. It's just...
0: Do you have any tips, Courtney? Do you have any tips like of how people who can can get through that? What do you, you know, no- normally do when you're in one of those tough times where you're hurting?
2: When I have flare-ups, I usually, you know, there's actually these, they're kind of like hot pads, but they're actually made for your abdomen. And I buy those all the time i use them at work they kind of help soothe other than that you know just kind of natural remedies there's you know so many options for cbd oil and just stuff that can really help you know essential oils i definitely would recommend you are going through something that causes you a lot of pain day in and day out just try your hardest to push through it and you know there's other options you know like just get in your head about it and just tell yourself that this isn't, you know, this isn't going to last forever and you'll definitely push through it.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things I did when I was not feeling very healthy um, and strong was to tell myself I was strong, right? Like I just repeated that as I was doing things like kayaking or working out or, or whatever, even though it was super hard in that moment, I just had to kind of like tell myself, like, you got it, you're strong. Instead of like, man, I feel tired and weak. So I definitely agree with you and just self-care in general, right? Like we have to take time for ourselves and make sure that we invest in things like that would help us when we're feeling bad. So I appreciate you sharing that, Courtney. And again, like, thanks for your time and just awesomeness in our community. Uh, I look forward to meeting you soon and, you know, continuing to connect with you online.
2: Heck yeah. Thank you.
0: How can people reach you, Courtney?
2: They can get a hold of me on Instagram. So that's court bam, bam. Uh, you can request to follow me on there. I'm kind of a weirdo. My page is private, but <laughs> um, either that, or you can, you know, email me for any of the chicks out there that have any questions. You can email me. It's Volkenberg at gmail.com. I can spell out the last name. <laughs> it's a little bit of a long one. We'll put it in the notes too. So thank you,
0: Courtney. I'm looking forward to to meeting you, like I said, and, and, you know, just thanks for being here.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for this, this awesome podcast today. It was definitely, definitely a good chat. And
1: we're back. Thanks so much, Charlie, for arranging that interview for us. Well, I loved
0: her. She, I mean, like I said on the last you know podcast, love, love, love. I just couldn't say enough about her.
1: That's awesome. And I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Boo. I hate when we do that. So do us a favor and subscribe so that we show up in your podcast feeds every Monday. We're back every Monday with a new episode. Leave us a rating on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening to
0: on social media, you can tag us at empowering pumps, or you can use the hashtag empowering industry podcast. You can also email me at podcast at empowering I prefer that you mention us as much as possible and share, 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 because we want to invite you on and give you a shout out right back.
1: So true. So one more plug before we end this episode make sure you've gone back and listened to this past monday's episode we had charlie had an interview with terry iverson and it was really great talking about manufacturing and education in the manufacturing industry and then we had sienna's special episode all about the june issue these episodes they're evergreen you can listen to them whenever and get something out of it so we encourage you to make sure you're going back and catching all the episodes that you've missed but then we'll be back next monday with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. Yeah, they had a cool little video that had a picture from their first meeting where more than 60 women gathered at Camp Green in New Jersey for the first meeting in May of 20. Nope. May of 1920. Nope. May of 19. 19- You're going to make me do math here? I'm not doing math. I know. In May of 1950.
0: I love, like, I, I've been saying love, love, love. I told you. So I fell in love with her immediately. Um, like, Bethany will have this at the end. She'll be like, this is, you know, one of the after nuggets that we leave on the podcast. She'll be laughing at me. Uh, but, you know.